0: Another Way to Play, episode 18.
1: Hey, this is Herb Alston, financial advisor and 1031 exchange expert at Tada Wealth Advisors. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend, Hans Struzina.
0: Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9 to 5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is a colleague and friend of mine, Herb Alston, who is a real estate agent and financial advisor with Tada Wealth Advisors. And Herb uh, specializes in 1031 exchanges. Specifically, uh, most of his clients are long-term uh, real estate investors who are looking to cash out their property and, and get a 1031 exchange into something that is less management intensive. As he puts it, he, they want to get the benefits of real estate without the toilets, tenants, or trash. He basically facilitates that process into a more passive, less hands off investment. He also has another part of his practice uh, where he works with everyday individuals uh, as a financial advisor from helping the young professionals pay off student loan uh, to using 401k uh, to scale a retirement plan. In this episode, Herb and I talk about a lot of things. It's a little longer of an episode, but it was so good I didn't want to cut it off. There's no set path to follow for everyone, so you really have to dig into your own beliefs, your own soul, your own core, and find what feels right for you. He talks about that, and he also talks about when you know it's right to keep pushing through or trying to break down the brick wall and when it might be time to turn left or right, uh, listening to your gut. And uh, he's got some good practical advice on that. Uh, and then he also, uh, lastly really talks about being present with people, uh, finding out what's beneath the transaction, what the goal is, uh, if they're trying to leave a legacy or, um, trying to accomplish something, because it's it's never about the money. It's always about uh, what the money gets you. So uh, he really, we really go deep on that uh, topic. So really excited to bring this episode to you. And before I do, I want to remind you that I would love to have a conversation with you personally. I'd like to get to know you better, find out what you're resonating with in the podcast, what is uh, exciting, what kind of guests I should bring on. Uh, what kind of questions I should ask them and the like. So in the show notes below is my Calendly link. Would it be honored if you went down there, clicked it, got on my calendar and had a chat with me so I could uh, learn a little bit more about you um, and hopefully make this podcast even better as a result. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Herb Alston. All right, Herb, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you sitting down and having a chat with me today. My pleasure. Obviously, we, we just went through your intro. Um, you've got a really interesting niche in the real estate world at the moment. Um, but why don't you back up and, and build a little context? Like, where did the story begin for you?
1: Well, I think the story began when I was a kid. My family is from Central America. And I grew up with uncles and grandparents who had come to the U.S. from Central America, Honduras, Nicaragua, Jamaica. And when my family was here, one of the things that we learned as kids was that education and opportunity is why they came to the U.S. And education is something that is yours. You own it and you can get it and use it in whatever way you want. And so I've always been a learner. And that's exactly how I sort of got into this space in financial services and real estate that's learning how to work with people and how to solve problems and how to help people change their path.
0: Find another way to play, you might say?
1: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's no no set path. And I, I think everybody has the opportunity to do and be whatever and wherever you want to be.
0: So that's it's interesting you're talking about there's no set path and and you can take education and and do anything with it cuz you own it once you learn it. Do you find that 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 was true for you like or were you like a really good student or did you kind of meander <laughs> off and learn the stuff that you wanted to do like how what was that like education wise for you?
1: I was a B student. Maybe a little bit higher than a B student, but when I was doing my MBA, At St. Mary's, one of my first classes, I got an A minus in and I really worked my tail off and I went to the head of the program who taught this class and he said, how did I get an A minus? And she looked at me and she said, you're a grad student. I hate grading grad students because you, it's like, I could have given you an A plus and you would have said, why didn't I get two A plus plus, you know, two pluses on the A plus. (laughs) so yeah but I think it was it's all about focus Um, my MBA was really important to me when I did it and so I really wanted to be involved in it and I did my MBA is in uh, global business and so when I did my MBA we traveled to Uganda Rwanda and Dubai during the program and in Africa, I, I asked questions at every turn, which probably irritated the heck out of some students. But when I went to talk to the head of the program, she's like, you're like, great. I said, why? She goes, you ask every question. <laughs> it's fantastic. So that's why it's all about education and learning. And so,
0: yeah. yeah so you had a, a natural uh, desire to learn. And it sounds like through your MBA MBA program you found something that you were genuinely interested in and then you and then you decided to go deep on it and still am do you feel like that, that that's what set you apart from some of the other kids in the class was that desire to ask those questions or was there something else that that really kind of got you to where you are
1: i've always been that kid that said why mm. and it, from a little kid, it was why or how. And and so I've always been the curious learner. Um, it's one of those things where the first time I had to do a presentation in Keynote, I spent all night figuring out how to use Keynote, and it was 2.30 in the morning, and I still hadn't done my presentation yet because I was still enjoying the design phase. <laughs> <laughs> So Apple products, right? So it it was finally, I, I finally put it together and it was fantastic from a artistic standpoint, but it was the learning how to use the product and learning how to be involved. I find that is my curiosity with people as well, because my, Curiosity will be when I was in Africa, we were there for at the same time of the finance meeting for the African National Union, and we were in Rwanda. And so, while in Rwanda, I was at the hotel and I met ambassadors and other people working in any of the 58 countries on the continent, but I would sit and have conversations with people about their life and about the difference in what's going on in Africa and what's going on in their business and their world.
2: Hmm.
1: And I I find that that curiosity is what keeps me going. And it's how I got into this area of financial services because learning about people, their lives, where they're going and creating that solution and creating a unique solution for them is, is the fun of the adventure.
0: It sounds like your your learning bug had a real sort of hands on approach to it though, because you know with your with your fun example about staying up too late with keynote and and then obviously spending time with some of these businessmen and diplomats and all these people um on your on your study abroad program, like you were out in the field, you were actively doing something um, as opposed to doing sort of the hypothetical book learning that is another choice i suppose
1: yeah, I agree it's it's so great to, and I think a lot of people who are US focused do not realize how many things are going on around the world Completely. and how we, are, we have this education system here in the US that is fantastic, but how we can take what we have, what we are, who we know and how we have learned and expand that to the rest of the world and learn from other people and see how what we have and have learned can be merged to create better environments and it's not about us going and solving someone else's problem as much as it is learning for example in my mba we were working with a farm in uh, uganda it was really about Let's go learn how they're doing it. We we can't go solve what they need unless we know how they do it, right? We spend so much time trying to say, okay, look, hey, we can fix this for you. But have we taken the time to really learn how do they grow things? How does the farm work? What's in the community? What are the needs of the community? Right, if you can't, and and that's in everything. If we don't take the time to learn about someone else's environment and how they live and, and how they interact, it, you can't really you know, impact their lives if you're not willing to listen to them.
0: That's such a great point. And I, and I really want to go a little deeper on this because I find that in my, in our line of work, we're both in sales and, and specifically in real estate sales. And I find that you know, our our profession maybe doesn't have the highest reputation overall because of that sort of sales mentality, which is like shove it down their throat, get them to buy, or you know die or whatever <laughs> whatever those mantras are. Sign on the dotted line. Exactly. You know, some, someone's gonna sign tonight. Anyways, you know, I actually just had a, a meeting with a client today, and and we in our group at the Gunnerman Group start every meeting, whether it's a buyer or a seller, with you know how can we help? What's going on for you? and it's really just that casual but it but it then requires us to shut up and listen and then keep asking some questions and the reason you know we start that way is because it's, it is all about that person in that moment they're trying to buy a house or sell a house but but it's not the house itself or the or the investment property or whatever there's there's something deeper there that they're an itch they're trying to scratch that's more Um, important than the house or the investment itself. And you never get there if you don't ask and you don't like take the time to listen.
1: I loved being in your meeting for 10 minutes before I wound up speaking recently at your office. And I really enjoyed listening to the process that was happening there because it was a group process. You guys were all helping each other learn. And I thought that was such a gift in that meeting. And I don't know if you guys realize that you're doing that, but as a person who observed it, I thought it was fantastic.
0: Well, thank you for that. I, I, one of our marketing uh, slogans, if you will, is that we are a chosen family business and and we definitely try and operate and live in, in that ethos as much as we can. I think that was something that you witnessed there.
1: And I will tell you that, for example, it's, My average age client is 76. Oh, wow. (laughs) Right. So if you're dealing with people who have amassed a a portfolio, whether it's financial services, stock, bonds, assets that are in the market or real estate, a lot of times you have to sit and listen to them. And if you've dealt with older people and in my family, uh, my Father passed away when I was seven. So my mom had four boys to raise by herself. But as an immigrant family and your typical Latino family, I had uncles, aunts, grandparents, languages, Spanish, English, and on the weekend, it was a village. But Mm. I always had my grandparents, my grandfather, when I was, when I was little, my mom used to tell me as I got older that I was like attached to my grandfather's leg.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) And so I've always been around older people Mm -hmm. and you learn to listen to older people. And if you've ever been doing a transaction with someone in their seventies or eighties and you have to go to their house because you want one signature for each of them, Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and they're like, oh, Herb, it's so great to see you. Thanks for coming over and bringing this document. Have you eaten lunch yet?
0: Yep, yep. You're like, oh, just two signatures, right? <laughs> yep, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> but in, in my calendar, I've already booked two hours because I know this, this may not be quick, but it is the gift that, that you get while being there. And uh really quick story, I'll tell you, I don't know if I told you this, but I worked with an older couple and they are an older Jewish couple and they'd been married over 50 years. And I was selling a property that they had. And one day I went over just to have tea and talk about the transaction and closing. And the husband looked at me and he said, we love working with you. And I said, oh, great. That's, I'm, I'm very flattered. And, and he looked at me and he said, we marched in the 60s. Mm. And we marched so that everyone would have the opportunity of every tribe, ethnicity, faith, and gender. And I just felt so gifted right there by that. And so when I'm working with those clients who are, mature you get a grace that is just a blessing while you're working with those people so sometimes you do get there and they say have you eaten lunch it's okay yeah and we are and when it's in real estate financial services transition of 1031 exchange a lot of what i do we're always in the middle of the transition in life Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what when i'm working with realtors a lot of times I say to them, look, slow down, because you're in the transition, whether it's a marriage, a divorce, a probate where someone has passed away, uh, they're having children and growing their family and needing a new place, a, a person who is single who is finally buying a place after going to college and the parents are helping and and now they've got a girlfriend or a dog and they need more space. I mean real estate and financial services, you're right in the middle of life transition Mm -hmm. and you have an opportunity to enjoy that transition with
0: them. Absolutely. I mean, the way that I sign off every single one of these podcasts is make every chapter better than the last. And that is a personal motto of mine in my business, but also in my life that I'm always trying to improve and, and, and to You know, make just do that. Make every every chapter better than the last, and and that's what I try and do for clients. And I think it's really smart to be able to take that realization of like, okay, we are in transition. Let's honor that, and let's slow down and just make sure that we're we're giving it the credence that we have because I think change is scary and challenging for most people, and they don't like it. And we want to get away from the changes quickly as humanly possible. But but you're even suggesting like, let's let's sit in this moment and, and enjoy it and, um, honor it to some degree.
1: But at the same time, we're not perfect. Sure. We
0: make mistakes
1: in a transaction. You get busy, something falls by the wayside and you have to come back to a client and say, you know what? I dropped the ball on this. And, and I've always been one of those people who, if someone says, Hey, do you know how to do X? And if I don't, I'm usually, I have no idea. But so many people want to blow smoke and say, oh, yeah, I can take care of that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not being an actor and saying, yes, I know how to juggle. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it, it's, it's really life and important and priority. And, and that's exactly how I sort of got into that sector of financial services that is so esoteric. is because a client said to me, this is what we need to do. Do you know how to handle this? And I said, no, I'll go find out.
0: Yeah. And, and that you just segued so perfectly to the next question I was going to ask you, which is, can you describe the moment for me that you realized that there was another way to play? And, and I think that this is what you would say, but I'm, I'm actually now curious to see if I'm right.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was a transition for me in my business because clients did come to me and say, I want to make, a transaction of a specific kind they had owned a building for a long time and they said hey we want to sell it we don't want to buy any more real estate we don't know what to do
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: said well neither do i but i'll go find out and once i found out it was very cool because I now had a solution for them an exit strategy in financial services to say look you can do a 1031 exchange and I can move your funds into a portfolio that will continue to give you all the same benefits of owning real estate the depreciation all the tax advantages but you're going to get cash flow with no tenants toilets and trash
2: mhm
1: and that's when my business took a different turn because now I'm licensed As a financial advisor, I have the same licenses like your stockbroker at Morgan Stanley and TD Ameritrade and I can assist in different ways in your business. Right. I can I can you just like that guy at Merrill Lynch. I can buy you stocks, bonds. I can I can move your money. I can I can help you grow your wealth and your portfolio. I can help you do estate planning, which we did with a client a while back. And it was great because he had triple bypass surgery and his goal was to create a legacy for his family. Mm-hmm. And that's just an opportunity that you don't get every day. And that client is grateful Yeah, that you've created that opening. And I think that is because I have been a chameleon when I was in college. Uh, I had internships in physical therapy and one of my other internships was a volunteer with terminal kids.
2: Mm. And
1: so I, I've always been very adaptable and moving and in the learning phase. And I enjoy the learning phase. So the fact that I was about to learn a completely different environment in the world of investing was really exciting and every day it's exciting because it's never a dull moment and you never know when the phone rings who it's going to be or where it's going to be located i'm licensed in 18 states mm-hmm. the reason is because i get referrals from all over the country and i meet people from all over the country that have unique lives
0: absolutely and being and then that sort of goes back to the heart of this listening thing it's like getting when you go meet with somebody, whether it's here in the Bay Area or it's in one of the other 17 states that you have your license, um, you want to be able to help them and understand their unique situation and set them up to to find out what their version of the legacy is, like your like your one client you mentioned earlier. Exactly. Was that a shift like that? What we just described, I think, is really important because we're we're sort of talking above sort of transactions and money and like commissions and, you know, returns and all that stuff. And we're really talking more about like a human element here. Is that something that you always felt like you had in, in your business and personal practices, or is this something that you feel like you picked up along the way?
1: I think in real estate, everybody talks about how many transactions you do. Yep. And what they're really talking about is what's your commission. Yep. Right. And The same thing in financial services and uh, and I think in, in real estate, everybody gets paid before a realtor.
2: <laughs> that's, that is true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> We're the last to get paid. It's the same thing in financial services, right? Everybody gets paid before us. And so a lot of times people say, how much do you make? Or what are, you know, what, what's your commission? And a lot of times I have to say to people, you know, that's really not my priority here. Mm-hmm. For the basic reason that I have sold property from a couple of years ago, a $77,000 condo in Antioch to a, you know, multi tens of millions of dollars of, you know, the office building in another state. Mm-hmm. And my commission was really not the priority. It was really solving my client's problem for the basic reason that well I'll get paid eventually that's not my that's not what's important to me it's really it's really getting involved in someone's situation and being able to offer an opportunity and a solution and to be a part of that solution for them and making it happen for them which is the excitement in my MBA we were in Uganda working with a hospital and I wound up meeting with the tech guy. And it just happened that he and I wound up walking together. And he's the guy who manages the technology and power for this hospital. And my question to him was, what happens if you get hit by a Mack truck? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he said, what? And I said, well, you're the guy who does all the technology here. Have you replicated yourself yet? Have you where where does the company that gives you all this technology that makes this hospital run are they helping to educate you so that you are continually up on what's going on with their equipment and are you training and educating people in your community to step in for you and we had the most amazing conversation and today we still communicate on whatsapp because it was he he thought about it he wrote a process about it but no one was focused on it everybody was focused on okay well we have these brownouts at the hospital here in uganda we have this we have that we have this and i said the priority is you having a life and enjoying your family and your kids but also Being in your community and replicating yourself so that there are other students I talked to myself there are other other students at other universities here that are in medicine that are in technology. That you could bring in as interns and show them how to do this so that if you went off to New York where this equipment is made and you're learning someone else is doing this for you. So that when you come back you have brought education and technology back to the people here and that you've learned by being away for a week. And it was just a fantastic moment and a couple of days of spending with him and why I want to get back to Uganda and work with him and and see how we can help this hospital grow and serve more people. Because the day that we were there, the oxygen machine that they had was not working to 100% and two children were lost. Mm. and that's when life the rubber meets the road and you realize that you have the opportunity to really help people survive and that's where he was at right and yeah. so by being there and being able to talk to him and learn what he's doing and we just sat off to the side and he told me all about everything i've got pictures of his kids and his family and <laughs> it's yeah a great true. gift but it is part of that process and it's part of that learning and that's just who I am. Yeah. And I think that opportunity to be there and to be involved in that is a great gift.
0: I mean it's you you really, What a tangent,
1: sorry. No.
0: <laughs> yes a tangent but but a relevant one because you're bringing this this idea and this concept forward of like you know putting the other person first and and really focusing on meeting the need i i have another guest on the podcast steven webster who brought this sort of little one liner in that he said he stole from somebody but whatever uh which was focus on the problem not the solution and he by that he meant focus on um, solving the problem as opposed to getting married to any one solution. And he was talking about it in, in reference to starting a tech company and pivoting and that sort of thing. But um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's some, you were just really echoing that in a, in a really human way that is kind of amazing, actually. And it, it totally transcends beyond selling real estate or 1031s or whatever. Um, and it, and I think it speaks to a bigger, broader humanity comment.
1: While I was having dinner with him that night, he was so emotional because he could not believe that people from the other side of the planet were coming here. People who looked like him Mm -hmm. were coming to Africa, to Uganda to help him and his community. Um, because so many people, when you have grad students and, and the diversity of grad students isn't always brown, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so to go to Africa and to see that a third of our team when we did our MBA, um, El Salvador, several people of a family from different parts of Africa, um, Central America, but it was a, a Asia, very diverse group that were in Africa during our program. And it was just emotional for him to see that these people from the other side of the world came here because they cared and they look like me and they're going to help me solve my problem and help me grow my hospital. Um, What a gift, right? But on the other side, you talk about starting a new company. When I was in Dubai last year, which I'm heading to at the end of this month, I went to a think tank where there were men and women who were working on various items. In fact, I uh, saw a helmet for firefighters mm-hmm. that has infrared vision to see through different buildings and, and areas of a building to see where a person is. Mm-hmm. And while I was talking to the person who was demonstrating the product for me, I looked and I was reading and I saw something that said Santa Rosa, California. Well, the people who developed this were from Santa Rosa, California, but they couldn't get it financed in the States. Hmm. And they wound up talking as they had a connection with this think tank in Dubai that financed the development of this project for them. And uh, amazing because they don't have the type of forest fires we have,
0: right? Right, right.
1: But someone on the other side of the world is helping someone here develop a product that's going to help people here in a drastically important life situation and it it just shows how interconnected we are or can be
0: absolutely and i i think that speaks to sort of a broader comment about obviously the globalization of the economy that we're in and and you know how someone can um Reach across the world real quick, like this podcast could easily go anywhere in the world after we uh, post it, and really kind of touch someone in an interesting way. But I, I am curious with with all of this. If you're, if we're talking about this hum- humanity moment and like putting the other person first and really listening uh, to the needs and kind of going a couple layers deep, and then trying to figure out through our own experience, how to solve that problem, what advice would you give to someone who's, let's say, just starting out in in a new career, whether they're going out on their own or they're looking to invest in real estate or, you know, start their own business uh, to get beyond sort of realizing that they need to, you know, make that first sale or whatever and really do what they need to do to put that other person forward and not focus on the money.
1: I just was listening to a webcast the other day on probate
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it was an education website for people who do uh, probate transactions and it's a great webcast that happens weekly and there's so many steps and one of the people who are on the on the call on the on the webcast said I don't know where to start do I start writing a letter do I start dialing for cold calling. What do I do? And the person who was leading the webcast said, it doesn't matter which one you start doing first. What matters is that you start
2: Hmm.
1: and and, and keep going in that direction. One of the groups that I work with does this amazing education program for real estate agents, and, and they teach them all the different marketing tools and in the binder that is that this person is left with is like four inches thick with mm-hmm. all of these ideas on how to continue to market and it's like drinking from a fire hose
2: right just
1: just pick one option mm-hmm. start moving that direction three months down the road if it doesn't work turn the page
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's another marketing tip that will help you grow your business and it it just is that you have to start in a direction and it's it's not about the money and and i i I had a friend who worked for one of the big five and he was super unhappy in finance in the consulting world in fact at 26 he was bald Mm. and about two years later i ran into him he had left financial services and he became a chiropractor. When I ran into him, he looked at me and he's like, Hey, what's going on? And I'm thinking, who is this? (laughs) this And he's talking to me like, "I I know him. And then I looked and I said, Oh my gosh, Julio. He said, yeah. I said, where did the hair come from? He said, my hair grew back. Wow. Because I, right. He was happy. He found a profession that was where he was really happy, and it said, "All of a sudden, my hair started growing back." And so I, I don't know if I am answer your question, but it, it is about what am I doing? Am I am I happy doing this, or am I doing this because someone either wanted me to do this? My parents put me this direction. I went. It, it's it's all about am I committed to this? Is this part of my vision? Is it part of my journey? Does my soul reach? into this space. And is it happy? Yeah. Because if it's not, you're in the wrong place.
0: Wow. Couldn't, couldn't have said that any better than myself. I mean, that is, I, that piece of advice right there has been echoed by so many guests in various forms, but it's, it's know yourself and then find out what really gets you excited, what gets you going and then, and then dig in and get in there and, and commit to it.
1: And, And if you're, and I always say, if you run into a brick wall, don't take two steps backwards and walk back into the same brick wall, turn left or turn right. Who cares? But don't continue to bang your head up against that brick wall because it just creates this bruise on your forehead. Turn left.
0: So we are getting a little bit towards the end of the time and I want to respect your time, of course, but um, with regards to running into the brick wall, uh, how... (laughs) when when is enough enough like like there's totally a time to be persistent and you know as as they say on is kind of popular in the entrepreneurship space you know grind and you know hustle and all these words that mean like work 12 hours a day work really hard but like do you feel like there's a time where you're supposed to maybe just pivot and go away from it or or drop that idea because it's not a good one or like how do you know
1: I don't think I have an answer for that. Um, I can tell you that when I'm, I think you can get burnt out and you can reach a point where you're unhappy or it's not gelling for you. And there's a lot of ways to turn that. And I think that's, for example, when I decided to go get my MBA, I was originally going to do a master's program. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted some new education. I'm thinking, okay, I've got to learn something new. I've got to do something else, right? And in that process of starting my master's program, I decided at another meeting, I wound up happened to be at St. Mary's College. And I sat in on a presentation and knew that day, this is where I need to be. This is the right direction. I was prepared to head off to NYU and move and do all this other stuff, but sitting in that room, it resonated in my soul and said, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do." And I think it goes back to where where am I at in in my you know my present? How am I how am I abundant, prosperous, joyful? And if I'm not in all of those spaces where I am happy, then I'm probably not doing what I should be doing at that time in my life.
0: It sounds like you're saying, you know, listen to your gut reactions because they're probably right.
1: Absolutely. Listen to your heart. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if I'm prosperous and joyful and abundant in my heart, it will radiate in every part of my life,
2: Mm, mm
1: -hmm. right? And if I'm not, and we've all been there, (laughs) (laughs) where you're emotionally (laughs) bankrupt or too broke to pay attention, right? In whatever, however that is defined. And you have to sort of say, okay, I'm I'm going to create and find um, that new path and it is it's turn left
0: yep so man there's there's so much so much in there i've got one more for you uh and then we'll move to the final round but uh which is if there's these moments when you're not feeling it you're you're on a path Mm -hmm. you're banging into a brick wall um how do you know that that's not just an obstacle that, that just needs a little more persistence or, or how do you define for yourself that it is the time to pivot and go left or right or, or pull back and find a different fork in the road?
1: So I have a couple of things that are going on in my life right now. Uh, and, and the first one is uh, my financial services firm where my license are held at Concord Financial Services, which is run by a guy named Jason Kavanaugh. And I had a client on a very large transaction uh, financial services. And I sat down with Jason and said, this went totally left for me. And, and I, I described the whole situation to him and he's an amazing mentor. And so, and, and this will lead into people around you who can be your mentor. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, they're your mentor. Sometimes you don't. But I know that Jason is my great mentor. He's, he's awesome. But he told me, he said, I want you to go read a book. Go pick up a book called crucial conversations. Mm. (laughs) And by morning, by the next morning, I was in chapter four. This was like 11 o'clock at night. So online got the book, my Kindle app, my iPad, I, by morning, I saw him at breakfast when I was at our annual conference, and I, I passed him by, just kind of walked past him, and as I passed by him, I said, I'm on chapter four, and kept going. And as I passed by, he just grabbed my shoulder, and he said, what? I said, yeah, I'm on chapter four. I know what I did wrong. Hmm. And so sometimes it is having that mentor, it's having that guide, who is helping you in your path. Right. Yep. My, during my, you know, go back to my MBA program. Am I asking too many questions? I went to the head of the program. Am I, am I bugging you? And Dr. H said, no, you're asking all the right questions because you want to know. And that's the learning. And if you're stuck at a wall, there's all kinds of people who will help you get to that next step. And it is getting a mentor, having a mentor. Um, In financial services right now, in my group, I'm about to merge my group with a a guy who's been in this space for 28 years. I specialize in a very specific area. He has the other side of the business. And we've decided that I'm going to join him. He is an amazing mentor in an area that I am not that good in. He's like, Herb, I will teach you. And I think you have to be open to learning and you have to be able to say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I want to learn how to do this. And that will open the door to stop banging your head up against that brick wall and turning left. It's that mentor.
0: So grab, grab some advice from someone who maybe has been there or at least has, has your back in some way and uh, you know, Know that you're in a, a tough position and don't be too proud to ask for help. And then obviously apply what it is. Go to chapter four by by 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. Uh, once, once you get the advice. <laughs> but
1: it was a book that resonated with me. And to get into the details of it, I'm a minutia person. I will bury myself into that keynote app, learn how to use it and come back. But I will also do that when people say this is my situation, Right. Mm-hmm. But the client was a self-made millionaire and Mm -hmm. he wanted a certain solution in a certain way, right? And I gave him the big picture and the Mm -hmm. details, totally lost him. Mm -hmm. And by the time I read the book and I went back to Jason the next day and say, here's what I've learned in the first four chapters of this book. Now let's go back through this client. And he and I talked about it and he said, you went to solve the large problem but you didn't solve his problem that Mm -hmm. he had immediately. And so what I did was he said, if you had gone back to him and said, here's the solution that you're looking for in the way that you want it. But I think your problem is much greater Mm -hmm. that way you solved this problem. You told him what he needed to know, but then you said, Hey, there's more to this than you see because right now you can't see the forest for the trees. And let's help you get there. And it was such a learning lesson for me. And I think you have to be willing to have that failure and be able to learn from that. So I find that there's great material out there. Uh, I think one of the questions that when uh, I was preparing for this interview, uh, it, you uh, in in the outline it was a question about books i've read yep. or recommend yep. right and uh, a crucial conversations top of the list right now because it I has figured. been so amazing for me um but a couple others uh is write it down make it happen by henrietta right. and klauser i don't know if you've ever read it i have not it's it's this great book and it's, it's about writing things down and with a pen and paper, not with the computer, not typing it out, but getting a notepad and writing it down because there's something tactical about how the hand and the brain work. Yep. And uh, it's a great book. Um, the other book is uh, Gratitude by Oliver Sacks. And I lost my mom last year, and it was one of the books that I read that really sort of helped me through that period of time. But it's a book that you can read anytime, and it is about, it's exactly about its title.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other book that I read recently was Into Thin Air by John Krakauer, which is a book about climbing Mount Everest. And that book is amazing.
0: <laughs> well, you've, you've done my job for me here and you've definitely transitioned us into that uh, with a wonderful segue. So thank you for that list of books. So I'm going to pick up where you have led us, which is to the Focus 5, the last section of the show. Uh, if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask them as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why?
1: I think it would be my family. Um, My great grandparents told me a lot about where we came from. Mm -hmm. And those stories as children help to mold who we are. And if you are from an immigrant family like I am or any family, right, learning who you are, where you came from, and having the gratitude of that understanding is valuable and I would I would want to go back to hear the other side of the story from uh, not only my grandmother or great-grandmother, but um, the grandparents, the male grandfather, um, because my grandfather passed when I was in my 20s, but he was the greatest guy because I could be partying out with my friends and I would climb into the house and Wind we'll up there overnight and in the morning they'd have breakfast for us mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's either me or the other three or four people who came home with us after the night of enjoying the evening, but to be able to spend more time to learn about the journey of their life.
0: love that answer. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on I'm an optimist,
1: and I believe in the goodness of people most of the time, (laughs) majority of the time. And I think in, in the time that we are in today where our politics and our conversation is not enlightening. Um, that I think I, I want people to look at their better selves and people, you know, they may agree with us, may, may agree with the fact that we should do that, but they disagree that it's possible mm-hmm. because there's so much that we deal with right now. And I can talk about the three uh, shootings and, and mass um, situations that happened this weekend. Yep. Or um, I watch people walk from Central America to the U.S., and I understand that those people are not leaving a situation because they want to. It's because they need to and they want to provide a better life for their family and that we as a world have a responsibility to help those other places in the world to see how, you know, let's make their lives and help them to stay where they are at and to create a better environment. And some people say it's not our responsibility. And I really, you know, I disagree with that. We should be helping that hospital in Africa to not have a brownout. We should be helping Central Americans and South Americans and people in Asia to be able to have an education for technology and learning because it will only help them improve their situation. And I have a really good friend who says to me, Why do you want to go to Africa and solve the problem at a hospital? You could solve that here in Oakland or San Francisco or the Bay Area. And I say, Yeah, you're right. But this is where I feel I need it.
0: Mhm. It's wonderful. And
1: so that's that's often the argument I have with really close friends of mine. They're like, "Why are you going to Africa to to help them get a solar panel on the hospital?"
0: Great answer. So uh, this next one's a little bit of a different uh, tone to it, but give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Like, how do you start your day?
1: Oh. <laughs> well, the way I would like to start it and the way it actually starts <laughs> are two different things. Understood. Um, my, <laughs> my phone may start ringing and it's a client in New York or Florida or San Francisco or Michigan or wherever that has a situation that they would like to make happen. And my ideal morning would be to either get up and go for a walk enjoy a brief constitutional of 20 minutes of reading or 15 minutes on the piano or something that would help me start my day in a calm way Um, and it's funny because I've sort of made a vision of my next house my next house has at least an acre of land and me the ability to build a 75 foot pool where I could go do Five to ten or twenty laps to start my day. I love it. <laughs> so that's how I want to start it, but that's now how it starts. <laughs>
0: yep, I know, I know that feeling for sure. Um, so Herb, thank you so much for bringing it today. You you really brought a lot of awesome thought and uh, you know recommendations and just takeaways to the to the audience. So um, where is the best place that if someone resonates with what you're saying or really wants to find out more about Uh, what you do with your with your 1031s and your financial advising, uh, where can they connect you with you online the most?
1: Well, it's probably going to be my new company. (laughs) And so uh, that's, that's probably where it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's going to be a transition to uh, a company that is headquartered in Florida with offices in Wisconsin, Illinois, and here in the bay area which is me and that's going to be tada wealth advisors t-a-d-a wealthadvisors.com and that's where it's going to be because tada is the perfect sort of light you know uh, tone and word for me because i look at it and i say okay tada i solved the problem for you
0: tada and it's, <laughs> right I love it. and so it's
1: really funny but Dealing with uh, Dave and, and the way he runs his company and his attitude and my attitude and our personalities it, it's going to gel really well and and I'm really excited uh, as I merge uh, our worlds uh, with Tada wealth advisors.
0: Well, herb, thank you so much. Probably by the time this launches you will you will be in the Tada world, and so I'll make sure I <laughs> drop that, that link in the show notes so people can connect with you there. Um, Hey. And thank you for taking the time with me. This has been awesome. And uh, you've really brought a lot of value and, and a lot of great thoughts to this podcast and this this interview. So again, thank you and uh, appreciate your time. Hey, it's
1: great to be here and to share with you and your audience sort of the blend of my business, which has been with Coldwell Banker Global Luxury on the real, real estate and side and tada, the new venture for financial services and merging those two worlds because it all goes together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all intertwined and it's all uh, it's all kind of one vision that that works together well and, and you were uh, certainly merging those two worlds well and and that's why I think we connected well the first time when we met and continue to do so. Exactly. Well, Herb, thanks Hey, thanks again. for
1: inviting me. This was awesome. This was You're great. So thanks welcome. a lot
0: wow, I'm really just blown away with that one. Uh, Herb did a fantastic job, brought a lot of value and a lot of great stories. And it you know, definitely took some different turns than I expected, but it was awesome, which is why it was a little longer. I didn't want it to stop. Uh, If you want to connect with him, uh, tadawealthadvisors.com is the place to do that. I've dropped that in the show notes. uh, So check him out there. And while you're there in the show notes, uh, click on my Calendly link. Let's have a chat. uh, Get on my calendar so we can uh, connect directly so I can hopefully learn a little bit more about you, what you're liking on the podcast, how I can make it better, what guests we should have, and the likes. So until then... This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember, make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show reach out to Hans at chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of another way to play.